When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. The Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Hey everybody, welcome in to a very special edition of the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast. I'm Greg Bedard. Very soon we're going to have Greg Cosell, the tremendous analyst from NFL Films, NFL Matchup Show, to give you his opinion on the Patriots free agent class. I'm going to start watching those guys this week on film and then give you my analysis, but uh, Greg knows the league better than anybody, so we're going to have him in to talk about that. Uh, let's get to our sponsors, who have been uh, tremendous. This episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLN- CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at fanduel.com Boston and claim your $200 bonus. And... We are brought to you by Athletic Greens. Uh, AG1 is your everyday source for 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. So before we bring Greg in, um, for a couple of minutes, I'm going to sort of catch you up on what I think about what the Patriots have done so far. Um, you know, let's start with a couple of the bigger moves. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster for Jacoby Myers. Uh, I think it's an upgrade. Um, I think that Juju Smith-Schuster is a bigger slot. Uh, he breaks more tackles. He's got a little bit more juice after the catch than Jacoby Myers. Um, but, you know, there is a downside. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, we don't know whether he works in this offense. Um, that's not always a guarantee. I do think, though, that Smith-Schuster will be fine in that regard. I've always He's always struck me as a... A smart player on the field. He knows how to manipulate his routes. He knows how to settle into zones. That'll be really good for for Mac Jones and this offense. And Mike Gesicki, the tight end from the Dolphins, comes in here, basically replaces Johnny Smith. Obviously, that is a huge upgrade for the Patriots going from Johnny Smith, who gave you basically nothing, um, to Mike Gesicki, who, you know, used the right way is um, he's he's not really a tight end. Uh, he's he's really a big slot. He's sort of I would ex- I would sort of describe him as uh, a very poor man's Travis Kelsey. And uh, even though I will say that uh, in terms of blocking, Mike Gesicki makes Travis Kelsey look like Rob Gronkowski. Gesicki does not like to block. As soon as the uh, the Shanahan system came in last year with Mike McDaniel's. Mike McDaniel, he almost immediately wanted a trade because George Kittle, those guys, they block. I mean, the run game is important to that scheme. Gasecki was never a fit, wanted out, um, couldn't get on the field because he couldn't help in the running game. I mean, basically came on only in passing situations. Now, uh, that's the way it was in Miami. That, that has nothing to do with New England. I mean, New England has the ability – um, through personnel groupings and things like that. And I'm sure they are looking, considering both Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki now are free agents after the season, the Patriots will be looking at a tight end pretty high up in the draft. 
would love Darnell Washington out of Georgia. He's a guy who can come in and give you the blocking because neither of these guys that the Patriots have can block. But look, the, the Patriots will use Gesicki as um, a glorified slot. He'll be big in the red zone. He's six foot six. He's slippery. Uh, you know, he he's he's really productive in that regard. And so, you know, whatever his shortcomings were in Miami, that has nothing to do with the Patriots. I I think he'll be fine here, and I think all of that helps the offense. Um, you know what they're doing at offensive tackle. Um, not a big fan of that. Um, Trent Brown. We'll see if he's still here. Um, you know, he could be, he could not be. I mean, if the Patriots can trade him, they pick up $10 million in cap space. Um, they signed Riley Reef, a guy who's at the end of the line, in my opinion, to, you know, somewhat starter money. Um, they have the Calvin Anderson kid from the Broncos, who is a little bit more athletic, up and coming, um, you know, a good swing sort of tackle. So he would be good to up to, uh, uh, back up, and then you have Connor McDermott, who I don't know with those two guys what he's doing here, unless you're planning on moving Trent Brown and say Calvin Anderson has more of a really has a better chance of playing left tackle in today's game than Reef or McDermott. Uh, but all three of those guys can play either side of the line, and when you group Trent Brown in, um, you know, all four of them. Um, so we'll get to a few other moves. You know, I wrote this in my column for Sunday. But um, the special team stuff that Belichick, he's, he's been – brings back Cody Davis, brings the board kid from the Lions, brings back Matthew Slater. He's got Brendan Schooler. I'm sure they were in on another special teams guy. Look, I, I just think it's ridiculous. I think it has a place if you want an edge in special teams, you know, when you're a contender to differentiate yourself from the Chiefs, the Bengals, whoever, that's fine. But first, you have to become a contender, and I don't think the Patriots are there yet. There's still time for them to make moves. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is out there. Odell Beckham is out there. So we'll see what they do. I just think that it's – I think Bill's out of touch with today's game, especially when you look at the two teams in special – the two teams that finished last in Rick Gosling's um, well-respected special teams rankings for this past season were the Eagles and the Chiefs, your two Super Bowl teams. Those are teams who basically say, we're going to worry about – Defending the pass, making plays on offense, and we'll work, we'll figure out special teams because in Kansas City, uh, both teams, both teams have excellent veteran special team coaches, and they say we're going to pay you a lot of money, and you're going to figure it out. Bill does the exact opposite. He said I'm going to spend all my money on players, uh, and we'll figure it out with coaching. That hasn't worked for them in recent years. I thought I think this has been a problem for years, and. You know, I went back and I looked at the numbers. The percentage of plays that special teams are in today's game is about 5.6%. Back in 2003, when the Patriots had their mojo, it was almost 10% of plays were special teams plays. So you could see why there was an importance on those plays. It's lessened. I think, you know, we went from 2000, I thought, saw a graphic on NBC Sports Boston last night that um, in in 2001, I think it was something like 90% of kickoffs were returned. Now it's 
about 40% of kickoffs are returned. So I, I don't really understand that. I, it's, I think it's Bill being Bill, his belief, his belief in a strong all-around team worked for many years was part of the reason why the Patriots were as good as they are. Uh, does it work now? You know, I can't tell you. Okay, we will be right back with Greg Cosell. Okay, welcome back to the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast bought, brought to you by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to get $200 in free bets and also Athletic Greens from AG1. We are very honored to bring back our old friend, Greg Cosell, uh, the analyst from NFL Films and NFL Matchup Show. Um, he's dynamite. Everybody knows. Everybody the, always listens to this podcast when Greg comes on because he's that good. And so, look, you guys have heard my opinions about the Patriots free agent uh, class and what they're doing. Let's bring in Greg to sort of give his take on things because he's seen these guys a lot more on film. I'll be watching all of these guys on film this week and giving you my assessment on where they fit with the Patriots. But Greg, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, bud. Oh, Greg, thanks for having me as always. Appreciate it. So I guess let's start with um, the obvious, probably the biggest move of the offseason, which is basically swapping out Jacoby Myers uh, for Juju Smith-Schuster um, from the Chiefs, longtime Steeler, um, I heard you on Ross Tucker's podcast talk a, a little bit about this, but um, what first, what kind of player is Smith-Schuster at this point in time, and do you think he's an upgrade over Myers for what the Patriots do? I do think he's an upgrade. The big question with Smith-Schuster is health, and can he be durable and play a full season? That's always a big question, so I'm not, I don't want to act like that's unimportant because obviously it is important. But I think when you look at what Smith Schuster is, what he's been essentially since he came out of USC when he was thought of highly, and I remember watching him then, he had some great years with the Steelers, caught over 100 balls. Um, he was obviously a meaningful factor for the Chiefs uh, in their Super Bowl season a year ago. Um, he's big. He's physical. I think most probably see him more as a slot, but he can work outside. So I think he does give you the inside-outside flexibility, Greg. Um, you know, and he's a big man. Uh, so to me, and again, it's not as if Smith Schuster's a 10 and Jacoby Myers is a two, mm -hmm. but I think if you were really just evaluating the individual player, and there's always more to it, as you know, than just the individual player there, there always is. But I think if you were just evaluating the traits of the individual player, you would say that Juju Smith Schuster is a better receiver than Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and it's always hard to tell. I mean, you know, you and I are both film guys at heart. But, we, you know, when we watch certain players, yeah. um, it's amazing. You can you get at least a feel for, you know, how smart a guy is and how right. he either uh, runs his routes, manipulates coverage, settles into zones. It seems to me, and I haven't watched a ton of film on Smith-Schuster, that, you know, and, and always with the Patriots and they're going, we assume they're going back to the old Patriots system with Bill O'Brien back in here, um, which can, hasn't worked for a lot of veterans. But from what I've seen on film, it looks like Smith Schuster's a pretty smart guy. Yep. Um, uh, you know, would you concur with that? Yeah, I would. Um, you know, and at his best, he's physical because don't forget, he's pretty big. Um, yeah. He's physical. He can work the middle of the field. And not that Jacoby Myers can. I think Jacoby Myers could as well. But I think that that element 
is really, really important when Mac Jones is your quarterback, the ability to work the middle of the field effectively. And I think, you know, that's something that they probably really looked at when they signed Smith Schuster, because the way in which he plays, there's a physical element to his game. And there's a run after catch element to his game that I think is clearly better than Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next big move, um, Mike Kosicki coming in, yep. who is obviously an upgrade over what Johnu Smith did with the Patriots. But, you know, he was it looked like Kosicki was really going places with the Dolphins, not much of a blocker, more of a big slot type sure. of guy. And then he sort of it looked like he fell out of favor. I think he even asked for a trade for Miami when the Shanahan system came in and that meant more blocking in the run game and not his sort of thing. Um, you know, what do you see from Gesicki and, you know, could he, what kind of role do you think that he would play in a traditional Patriots offense? Well, I think this ties in Greg with, with Bill O'Brien coming back as the OC, because as you well know, one thing Bill O'Brien has always liked, and particularly when you have a quarterback that's smart, like Mac Jones is Bill O'Brien likes empty sets. And empty sets, when you go with two tight ends, 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, and you, you have Gusecki, who is essentially a, a, a position-diverse player. You know, he's technically a tight end, but he's really a linear player. He's long, he's linear, he's really a detached player. So in a sense, he's a big wide receiver. And Hunter Henry, he can also detach from the formation. He'd be a little more of a conventional tight end but he certainly has the ability to split uh out wide whether it's slot or or out at his number one so now you give yourself some options offensively and see how defenses respond because you can line up with two wide uh, two wide receivers two tight ends one back and you can be in empty sets and I think that Bill O'Brien really likes that opportunity. And as I said, I think Mac Jones can handle that with the empty set. So I think that Gusecki, to me, was a signing that probably related to Bill O'Brien being back because of the nature of, of Gusecki's skill set. Yeah, and and I've sort of explained Gusecki, and I don't know if you agree with this, but sort of like a, a poor man's Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's not as, he's not right. as thick, but the same type of athlete, and you can use them so like, you know, Kelsey can be X ISO in the red zone against if he gets matched up with a linebacker, no like that sort of thing. Yeah, Kaseki can certainly do that. He can be the boundary X on the backside of trips. Um, you can put him detached in the slot. You know, he can line up in multiple locations within your formation. Um, he's he's kind of straight line, as I said. He's linear. You know, he's not necessarily a sink your hips and snap out of breaks. But he does give you a vertical element from the tight end position, which I think they thought Johnu Smith would, because that seemed to be the kind of player he was, certainly when he came out of college and at times with the Titans. And for whatever reason, you would know better. It, it didn't work out. Um, but, you know, he certainly can can run the seams. He, he's a three level uh, receiver at the at what it would be considered the tight end position, even though he's not a tight end in a strict sense. Looks like at running back, Damian Harris, um, you know, will be out. I mean, he's a free agent, and the Patriots pretty quickly signed James Robinson. Yeah. Uh, you just started out with the Jaguars, ran it, had a really good couple seasons as an undrafted free agent, um, had injury issues, uh, was back with the Jets last year, and, you know, got a chance once um, Hall went out with an injury, but didn't, didn't seem like yeah. he did much with it. Like, uh, you know, what do you think about Robinson? 
you know, I've always thought, and 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 I hope I can explain this clearly, Greg. Uh, if, if I don't, tell me. I think Robinson is a really good runner in terms of understanding how to run. I just don't think he has a lot of juice. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. You know, I, I, I and I've always liked the way in which he runs. I think he understands his blocking schemes. I think he understands what I always call gap fluidity. In other words, when you're in the backfield, let's say whether you're offset or in the I formation, you look at the defense. A back has to look at the front seven or the for whatever the front is, just the way a quarterback does. And he has to understand what that front means. So when he takes a handoff on a given run, whether it's own gap scheme, whatever it might be. He has to understand initially what the front is. But as you know, the front changes. Gaps change as soon as the play starts. And I always thought that Robinson was really good at understanding the defensive movement and how gaps change. As I said, what I call gap fluidity. So I always felt he was a really good runner. He just doesn't have a lot of juice. Yeah, I, I would concur um, with that. Um, let's, I don't know how much of it. So, Let's just stick with the offense because Greg, um, we talked before, and he hasn't seen a ton of the the tackles. Not that I blame him because it's not like they uh, – <laughs> I wish they, they... I had, but I just – yeah, I mean, I, I have not. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sort of gearing myself up to watch this uh, film yeah. of these guys. But uh, they at least have options at offensive tackle. But what right. do you think about the whole – you know, it sure looks like the Patriots are betting big on – uh, you know, going from Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to Billy O'Brien sure. directing the offense and taking care of that, that they that he can resuscitate um, Mac Jones to get him back ascending where he was after his rookie season and give him the, a few more pieces. But, you know, what do you think about where they are offensively as a whole, especially considering what's going on in the AFC East and the AFC yeah. in general? Well, I guess the biggest question, and, and I know you've probably talked about this a lot, um, the biggest question is ultimately what Mac Jones can be. Um, you know, I think we understand that Mac Jones is not going to be Josh Allen. We know that. We know that that at his core, what Mac Jones is, is a is a ball distributor and an efficient executor of a well-designed and well-schemed offense. That's what Mac Jones is. Now, one can have the debate as to whether that kind of quarterback in today's NFL is good enough to take you where you want to be. And that's a legitimate debate to have. The bottom line, though, is he is the Patriots quarterback, and he's going to be the quarterback this season for sure. So now how do you maximize what Mac Jones is within the context of everybody else? Because, as I said, he's a ball distributor. He's not going to make those special wow plays on his own. He can move around a little better than people may think, but he's certainly not going, you know, on third and 12 to run for 25 yards. You're not really going to see that. Um, if you do, it'll be a rarity. So the question is, this is the kind of offense now that in all situations, and particularly those critical type situations, third and nine, red zone, where the scheme has to present the throws and that Mac Jones has to see all that both pre-snap and post-snap. Um, to me, the book's probably a little out on that. I don't know how you feel. Um, I know you study Mac Jones in great detail. I have as well. I think the, the reports would be mixed. Wouldn't you say that's fair at this point in time, that the reports would be mixed? There's times you feel that he's played really, really well. And there's other times you feel that, hey, it wasn't quite the way it needs to be, given what kind of quarterback he is. I I, I would agree with that. I I do think that, um, you know, basically where I was after his rookie year was okay. He, you know, I think he has a chance to be 
what they what they think they need. They think right. they need exactly what you're talking about, a d- d- distributor, get the team in and out of plays um, to maximize what they have, read the coverages, find the open guy. They, he can he can be that for them. Whether that's good enough in today's NFL, absolutely a debate. I do think I have a hard time and I have a hard time coming down on him hard from last year. I know he misplays. There were there were games where I said he was not good, but I do think I do think we saw a quarterback that didn't have didn't have confidence in the changes with the blocking scheme and blocking assignments where from my understanding was there were no no adjustments on the line no matter what the defense presented he wasn't he, he just didn't have confidence in his protection the play call that it was going to be executed right and that that is sort of what we saw on the field now whether he, he can come back from that we'll see he was an uncomfortable quarterback and you can't yep. play the position uncomfortably at this level there's too much going on so like i said the larger debate is which is separate from what you just said is whether that style of quarterback now fits today's NFL and and smart, reasonable people could disagree on that. Um, and maybe you and I can have that discussion another time. But the point is, is he's their quarterback. These are the traits he brings to the table. If he can, if he can execute those traits at the highest level, then you have a quarterback that I think does what probably Bill Belichick wants a quarterback to do. Um, you know, and then you get into the other issues. You do get into perhaps a revamped O-line. Can they have enough of a run game? You know, it's funny. We're in a stage where everybody totally kind of down devalues running backs. But the thing is, a run game is necessary in this league. Now, no one is saying that that means you have to have the run game be the foundation of everything you do. But as you well know, there's times in every game you need to run the ball. Does that mean, you know, you need the best running back in the league to do it? No, of course it doesn't. But there are times you need to run the ball. And I think when you have a quarterback like Mac Jones, who's not going to make those out of structure plays the same way some other quarterbacks do, the run game does take on increased value. Yep, for sure. Uh, a couple a couple of bigger picture things I wanted to hit on before we let um, Greg go. Uh, it, it's quite obvious that Bill Belichick thinks his defense is good enough, as is. He basically has uh, retained everybody, except J, uh, Devin McCourty has retired. Right. Um, and uh, Jalen Mills was released. Um, you know, considering what the Patriots have done, they, they're up there statistically, advanced analytics and defense, but in my opinion, against the better offenses that they face, better quarterbacks, they have a tough time getting off the field. Do you yep. think they have enough um, on defense combined with, I'm sure they're planning on an offense, keeping them off the field more and that sort of thing. Um, do you agree with Belichick that he should have confidence that in this division, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, all that Mike McDaniel does with Tyree Kill and all those guys, uh, do they have enough to, to do their part to be a winning team? <clears throat> well, uh, I noticed the way you said Aaron Rodgers. I guess we'll wait and see on that. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a great question because ultimately you're dealing with two things. Um, the ability to rush the quarterback and the ability to cover on the back end. Um, you know, I think that the pass rush is is probably going to be OK. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's that to me is not going to be a big issue. I think they have some good individual players and I think you can always scheme pressure. And I I think they do a really good job with that. Um, 
it's really on the back end where I think there's some questions. I mean, if we were to start the season today, would both Jones be the outside corners? So I, my guess, it would be, I think they would go back to the way they had it most of last year. I think it would be Jonathan Jones outside. I think it would be um, Jack Jones on the other boundary. And I think it's basically going to be a competition, but I think they're hoping Marcus Jones becomes the slot. Yeah, and I loved, see, it's funny. I really loved Marcus Jones tape coming out of Houston. I, I thought, to be honest with you, and again, he, he's a player that can do a lot of different things, so I'm not saying I'm right, believe me, but I thought he was in many ways like a Teran Matthew-type player. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he had that kind of overall skill set, and, and boy, does he have a lot of juice to him. Um, but I really liked his tape. And even the kid, um, Jack Jones, he's, uh, he's Arizona or Arizona State, I can't remember, but I, yeah. it's one or the other. And I... Mm-hmm. Uh, but Arizona I, State, I really, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I really liked his tape as well. He's just slight. And you wonder if in today's NFL, if being slight is is enough to play on the outside, because many would automatically say, given his his frame, that he's a slot corner. But he but he played outside in college and he was good. He's competitive. He's feisty. I like him, you know, and I think. But I think the outside corner position, because we know Jonathan Jones prior to last year played almost exclusively in the slot. So I think those are questions, Greg. I think I think if they were being honest, they would say their questions as well. They they might not tell you that publicly, but I think that those would be questions as we enter the OTAs and training camp in the season. Yeah, to me, this team is screaming for a bigger number one cornerback and perhaps they're eyeing one of those guys in the draft i mean you plug in who is it gonzalez joey porter um i can't think of the other guy There's you got a kid from kansas one. state julius brent who's uh six three and has incredibly long arms you know guys like that yeah you plug you plug that guy in at one of the boundary and you think he can play right away and all of a sudden you slot somebody else down maybe even you put jonathan jones at free safety where he's played at time for sort of patriots marcus jones is your slot jack jones is your number two if that rookie hits you know sort of like Tariq woolen did or sauce gardner you know some of the rookies uh all of a sudden they might have something in the back end so we'll have to see that the other thing i wanted to ask you about uh bill is just gonna be bill and he is going to invest in special teams, even though the numbers tell you that it's diminishing as far as the NFL and Rick Gosling's special teams rankings that are well-respected around the NFL. The two worst special teams units last year were the Eagles and the Chiefs. The best special teams were the Texans. Yet Bill brings back Corey Davis, brings back Matthew Slater, signs Chris Board, was in on another guy, has Brendan Schooler. Uh, what do you think about Bill's just – <clears throat> Every year, yeah. special teams is is big. Other teams seem to say, we'll get to special teams if we can build up everything else and be a contender. But Bill obviously thinks three phases, good, solid team. Give me that. I have a chance. Boy, I wish I had something brilliant here to say, Greg. I mean, I, I did not realize that that the Eagles and the Chiefs technically had the worst special teams. Uh, I, I know I'm getting older, but if memory serves me correctly, those two teams were in the Super Bowl, were they not? That is correct. Um, so, you know, I don't know what, exactly what to make of it. Look, I think if you spoke to any coach, they would tell you that special teams are important. The question is not whether they're important or not. The question is how much, 
how much of your resources do you allocate to it? Because you only have a finite number of resources. So that's the larger question. I mean, no coach is going to say, as you know, well, yeah, we want to be good on offense and defense, and we don't care if our special team stinks. No one's going to say right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really allocation of resources. Um, and you know, I guess now we have to wait and see what happens with the remainder of free agency and the draft and how they approach it. I mean, we just spoke about it. You know, I think, as as you seem to agree, that they probably need to, to look at the corner position to compete in this division. Um, we'll see if they indeed do that. Um, you know, they might even need to look at, at the offensive tackle position based on, on the conversation we had. And we'll see if they do that in the draft. Um, you know, I, I, to me, those things would be more important. But, you know, whether Bill Belichick's think so or not i i can't answer that you may know that but I, to me those other things would be more important yeah no question um thanks so much greg we really appreciate it um i know my i could speak my my listeners my members at bostonsportsjournal.com like you know, they they call me they're like we get, we get cosell <laughs> back in please please <laughs> they, they love hearing us talk football and you and i have been talking football geez since at hey, least and- i go back to covering the packers Wow. And there's one guy that I'm really curious to see this year because I think they could have a pretty good receiving core. And we talked about him last year and I know he he got hurt and then came in and he made some plays. I'm really anxious to see Tyquan Thornton this year. And I hope he can stay healthy because I think he he could be a pretty good receiver. I I think I think you're right. And I think um, that they haven't gone after a, you know, more established weapon. Um, he he's really the downfield guy that they could have, and he also does stuff. He can catch a slant and take it to the house. And I do I do think there's something there. He had a really good camp, got hurt. Um, then you know, tough to judge anybody on offense with Matt Patricia and and Joe Judge, but I think everybody's got a clean slate. And I do think I think Thornton is very promising, and he could he could really impact this team this year. Yeah, he gives you jet sweeps. He gives you the kinds of things that that the league you know does now. And and I really liked him coming out of college. And, you know, I was really sad to see him get hurt last year. But then, as you know, when he came back, he made some plays and he yeah. obviously can run. And I think he can do a little more than that, too. So we'll see. Yep, for sure. Uh, thanks so much, Greg. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Greg. Again, thanks so much to Greg Cosell. He's just um, the best. The professor, um, he and I go back a long ways. Uh, I've spent time at NFL Films just watching uh, tape with him and others and just talking about football and philosophy and coaches drop by. It's, it's great. I got to make a return trip at some point. Um, just wanted to thank FanDuel again, check out our sponsors, fanduel.com slash Boston to claim your $200 bonus and athletic greens from AG one. Uh, trust me, that stuff is awesome. Uh, I'll be back in a couple days with Nick. We'll go over a little bit more, including my column that I wrote this past weekend for BSJ, um, give you a little tease. Maybe you want to go over there and buy a subscription and read all my off-season stuff because uh, I'll start breaking down all of their additions on film um, for you guys starting a little bit later this week. Um, but basically, I wrote, looking at 2024 and where the Patriots are right now, it just got me thinking. Nothing anybody's told me, and things can change. And if I had to bet right now, you know, they have like $130, $140 million in cap space next year. They have a ton of free agents the next two years. They haven't re-upped anybody yet. I assume they're going to re-up guys like Duggar and Bentley and, you know, other guys, Owenu. You know, they're going to – if I had to guess, that's what they're going to do. But 
if they don't and these guys get closer to free agency and they want to bet on themselves, I don't know, it just got me thinking. Like, what if this season, when Kraft and Belichick may, uh, met after the season, you know, uh, Bill said all the right things, but what if the Crafts were like, okay, Bill, um, we're going to give you another chance. This is really sort of the third chance because he was on notice a year ago. And then they sent out the the letter to season ticket holders. Not a whole lot of changes. Retained Gerard Bay, uh, Mayo. Haven't really invested in 2024 yet. What if Kraft said, okay, Bill, um, we're going to give you a mulligan on this year. Bill believes in this team, what he was doing. I just screwed up the coaches. Give me another chance. One way or the other. Give me another chance. And look, if it doesn't work, I'm out. You can hand it over to Mayo, O'Brien, whatever you want to do. If it works... Then we're golden, and I get to end my career uh, the way I want to. I could see the craft saying, okay, but Bill, to protect us, you have to leave 2024 clean. The decision on the quarterback is made a year from now. Those guys can spend the cap however they want, the money however they want, if this doesn't work out. But Bill, you've earned the right. One more time, we are backing you, bringing back Billy O'Brien, doing what you want on offense, signing all the special teams guys you want. Whatever you want to do, we're backing you. But uh, when it comes to next year, hold your horses. You got to check with us because if this works, great. Go break Shula's record. You're here till you're 80, whatever. But if it doesn't work, we might want to make a change. And we want uh, a, a sort of a restart available if that happens. So... Just food for thought. It's over at bostonsportsjournal.com. Um, so go check that out. Uh, $39.99 annual plan for everything. All right. So thanks for listening, guys. This was fun. We'll do it again soon uh, with Nick later in, on in the week. <laughs>